The reality is, I think you have to be, uh, you have to have a specific mindset that good things will happen to you yeah. if you're in a positive mindset. So I, I really believe in serendipity, the, mm -hmm. the kind of have, building your own luck. So number one, go to more networking events. Number two, try to make introductions for other people because in return, they might make introductions for you. So try to help others before trying to help yourself. Sales is not everyone's forte. I know some people actually dread it. But for successful growth, you need to make sure that you master certain skills and selling is one of them. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sales Therapy. I'm not your typical host, Alper, ex-salesperson turned co-founder, and this is your show, Sales Therapy, where we discuss past challenges in terms of selling and growth of today's leaders, how they learned from their experiences so they could continue their careers and flourish, and hopefully always end on a good note with a hinge of vulnerability. All right, so in this episode of Sales Therapy, I'm very happy to be having Mike Adams as my guest. Mike is a super networker. He's been to over 1,000 events in his uh, lifetime, and he worked with big tech companies like HP, Zoom, and others. And now he's launched his very own business to revolutionize lead generation. I saw him actually first uh, for the first time through his launching event, which was a great success in London. I know a lot of people heard about you if they hadn't already heard about you before, but great to have you uh, on the show, Mike. Welcome. How are Stop you doing? Wonderful. I'm so excited to be here, Alper, for sales therapy, you know, talking to your audience about how to improve their sales and hopefully make the world a better place uh, to make sure everyone wins when they connect people to each other. So thank you so much, Alper, for having me. It's a really, it's an honor and a pleasure. My pleasure. And, you know, since the first time I met you, I, first of all, I love the product and I don't, I'm not a product geek, unfortunately. So I don't say this to everybody. I get the mission. It's very timely. We're just launching our influencer almanac for the year and looking at all the trends. I think a lot of people will find the product and yourself actually personally very, very cool and hopefully learn something from um, this conversation today. So uh, I launched Intro Stars, my startup, just a couple of weeks ago, and it's really all about connecting people for better business outcomes. I want everyone to be a winner. I want introducers to get opportunities, to get paid when they introduce people to each other. And I want intro seekers, typically salespeople, sales leaders, to receive warm introductions. So I think it's really a, the next generation of lead generation experience. Uh, so I'm very excited to bring this to the market and to get as many people as possible to try it out. Excellent. Sounds good. We'll talk all about it. Um, because yeah. the show is quite high paced and we try to, you know, it's not a question and answer, but I get a lot of feedback where, you know, when people really enjoy it when it's like two minutes of good nuggets of information, you know, filled into um, a, a kind of like high paced uh, structure. And I know that when I met you and we had that first chat, I felt like, okay, this guy is a, definitely the right kind of guest for sales therapy. Because A, what you're doing is very timely, but also the way you present your ideas is really cool. So I have a lot to learn from you too. Anyway, without further ado, let's 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 go into the questions. Um, generally, because this is therapy, we start with your younger years. We, we start with the childhood. Can you tell us about the younger Mike a little bit? Like, where did you grow up? How was your bringing up? And how do you think it shaped your, the way you approach business and work today? Sure. So I grew up in Belgium. So I'm French-speaking, Belgian-American. Uh, I was a super nerd. I started computer science when I was seven years old. 
programming uh, video games on the Commodore 64. And I always yeah. thought my career would be all about nerdy, geeky, uh, computer science stuff. Would be, I would be behind a screen all day, building programs and software for, for companies. And then when I was 15 years old, I started doing theater in school. And then I realized I love to be in front of a big audience and start talking to loads of people. Then when I was 18 years old, I joined Apple, uh, doing demonstrations at trade shows. And people from Apple noticed I was really good at talking to people about technology because I was so passionate about tech. This was in the 90s. Uh, and you no, know, Apple was kind of dying off back then. And I was so excited to talk to everyone about it. And so I realized I was much better at talking than doing. <laughs> and so I realized my career completely shifted from being behind the screen and programming stuff to actually selling and marketing products. Uh, and then I joined HP as a product manager and all my colleagues asked me to do their keynote presentations on their behalf because they realized <laughs> I was just so good at talking to big crowds of people about cool technology. And so my whole career has all been around talking to lots of people about cool tech. <laughs> you already started talking about your first role and first career steps a little bit. And it's quite, uh, you know, it spans almost over three decades. Like, do you have a specific theme for each decade uh, that you would like to share? Yeah, so I guess my, my first career at HP was a, being a product manager for mobile devices. This was at the beginning of the 2000s. So really, it was a very, the birth of mobile devices. Back then, it was uh, pocket PCs, way before the iPhone, way before, you know, mobile uh, phones were even a thing. Uh, so really, the, the very beginning was all about product management and launching new products to market, learning how to launch a product, how to customize products for specific types of uh, users and customers, and then and presenting in front of large crowds of people. And I, I guess a decade, a decade after that, I moved more into sales. And it's more about selling and marketing. Uh, and that's, that was all about organizing events and putting people together and organizing uh, sales events and sales campaigns. Uh, and then I guess the most, my most recent experience in the last 10 years has been all about networking, business development, you know, attracting new customers. And that's where I learned all about business networking. And I became the super networker where I went to one th more than a thousand networking events, drinking way too much red wine, exchanging business cards with strangers, uh, building connections, introducing people. This is where I realized there was so much value when you connect two people together, when you introduce two people to each other, you play the business matchmaker, you create magic. And that was kind of what clicked in my head to work on my own startup, IntroStars, to allow millions of other people to become professional matchmakers and business introducers. So I think that's my, the next decade of my life is to enable that for millions of people out there to become super networkers, super introducers, super connectors. I think that's yeah. really where it's at. I mean, it's great that it comes to you so naturally, but for a lot of people, I think it's something that they dread, like networking, events, um, you know, I'd like to think that I'm an extrovert, but sometimes I even go to an event and I'm like, I, I try not to, you know, go into the crowd. I have a lot of shivers. Let's start with that. Like, why do you like networking and events so much? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you start going to a few networking events, at first you might be a bit shy and nervous and a bit awkward. You're not sure if you should, you should just stand there on the side hoping someone's going to talk to you, yeah. whether you should be more aggressive and join other people and interrupt their conversation to talk to them. So, you know, there's that a bit, of, a bit of awkwardness, but then you get into it and you start to really enjoy talking to people, listening to people, learning about what makes them tick. 
And really, it's all about mindset. So if you go to a networking event in the mindset that you want to sell a product or a service, you want to sell them something, you're always going to fail miserably because people can sense that, that you're trying to sell them something. And then it's going to be an awkward conversation. So instead of that, you have to shift your mindset to go to a networking event only to have fun and to learn about other people and see what, what are they looking for and what makes them tick and how you can help them. So if you go with that mindset that you're there to help other people and not to sell them anything, then you can only be successful. And so I learned that by going to lots of events, that the more you listen, the less you talk, the more you're going to have fun, the more other people are going to like you, and the more opportunities you're going to create and open up. So to be honest, you have to be in the right mood. If sometimes I'm tired, I'm depressed, I'm not in the right mindset, then it's better not to go to a networking event and go back home and relax at home. You should yeah. only go to a networking event if you're in that mindset of having fun, meeting people, being friendly, listening to other people, trying to help others. You really have to be in that mindset for the event to be successful for you. Yeah, uh, and I guess I, with that mindset, you can only be successful. And sometimes it, it's funny. Sometimes, of course, the sales job can be a little bit consuming because it's very like high energy. You generally have to be like in a positive mood because like, you know, people want to associate with that kind of energy. But sometimes yeah. you're not in that. So it's better to avoid it. And I'm on the on the plus side. I feel like sales is a job where you're being paid to actually network, to meet new people, to make friends. Uh, you know, when you start seeing your job in that way a little bit, and if you're into that, I think you start seeing it as an opportunity to just, you know, get the money and, and do something that you enjoy. Absolutely. And the reality is, I think you have to be, uh, you have to have a specific mindset that good things will happen to you yeah. if you're in a positive mindset. So I, I really believe in serendipity, the, mm -hmm. the kind of have, building your own luck. So serendipity means that you go to a networking event not to meet customers, but to meet interesting, friendly, nice people. And if you're good to them, they will introduce you to other people and those people will introduce you to other people and has that kind of snowball effect where at the end of that journey, where you get introduced to one person, to another, to another, then you actually will meet customers and you will make a lot of money, right? And so this has happened to me so many times where I meet someone at an event where I think they're very friendly and nice, but I don't think I will ever do business with them. I don't see any direct business opportunity with that person. But that person introduced me to someone else, introduced me to someone else, and I ended up doing a hundred thousand pound deal with that person, right? And that would not have happened if I didn't open myself up to those serendipitous encounters. Where you basically just open yourself up to all these opportunities without going straight for the kill. Think I need to close business with that person right now. Right? Don't go with that mindset. Just leave it open and uh, again believe in serendipity. It, it's really worked well for me. I love it. The, the main takeaway for me from that is this mindset of good things will happen to you. How powerful, how strong, how rare it is, you know, when we have these conversations, like we're going through hard times, everyone's talking about like doom and gloom, catastrophe, you know, scrutiny and buying, no funding coming in. And now here you are talking like, just go with that mindset that good things will happen to you. I mean, I think... I'll, I'll take that away, definitely, from you today. Absolutely. You know, I, I really believe in positivity. If you emanate positive energy, good things will happen to you. And whenever I go to networking events, again, I always ask people, what are you looking for? How could yeah. I help you? That, yeah. that is really the first question I, was a I would ask them. And then the best feedback people can give me 
is that I was helpful or did I, I had like a really good energy. So it happened to me actually two days ago, I went to a networking event here in London and I met a bunch of people. The next day I got two messages in my inbox saying, it was so nice to meet you. You had a great energy. That's what yeah. they told me. And for me, that is the best compliment that someone could give me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to meet you and not I mean, I don't think they're too unique in saying you have a great energy. I think anybody who meets you will kind of come to that conclusion, Mike. But uh, thank you. Anyway. <laughs> so I just want to, since we're talking about this networking, um, I didn't go in, I generally don't go into the conversation thinking I'll drive the conversation this way or that way. And I really love when this very specific topic of networking and events comes up because as people are shying away from outreach, like called out, mess, spray, pray, etc., and going into like near bound, all bound, human centric selling, social selling, all these cool things. I think they always like specific snippets like tips or your secret sauce. Like, do you, other than being positive and like, I think that's all great, but like, do you have like three things that you do pre, during or post an event? Like, are they things that are like must do for an event to be success? Absolutely. So when you go to events, no, the number one question people are going to ask you is what do you do, right? You get, so you get that question asked you 50 times in one event, right? And so you need to have a good answer for that where you, you find a way to say it in an interesting way. So instead of saying, oh, I'm a founder of a startup or, or my company does this, you know, try to find a more creative way to say it in a few different ways. And so you need to prepare this in advance, you know, this kind of a homework <laughs> before you go to an event. And then more importantly, try to adapt your answer to the people yeah. you meet. So try yeah. to ask the other person first what they do so that you can adjust your response to what they do. So if they tell you, you know, they're a startup founder working in fintech, as an example, when then they ask me what I do, I would tell them, well, I help startup founders work in fintech to do this or that. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so again, adjust your answer to the other person to make it relevant to them. Always put yourself in the shoes of the other person, because it's not about talking about you. It's about talking about them. Like, how can you help them? So everything, every conversation you have is about how you can help others. Really, that, that's really the, the main point. So again, you need to prepare this a bit. So that's my number one tip. Uh, again, at the event, uh, try to be uh, you know, as helpful as possible to others. And don't be shy to go out of your comfort zone to, to break into groups of people. So you often see at networking events, groups of two or three people talking to each other. Don't be shy to literally barge in and interrupt them to go in there and say, hey, my name is Mike. Hey, how, what are you guys talking about? You know, because, again, it's not, uh, it's not inappropriate because people go to networking events, go there to meet more people, right? So you just need to be a bit ballsy and do that. And then the third thing you should do, of course, is follow up. So when you've met a bunch of people at the networking event, if you wait three or four days, they will have forgotten about you. So make sure that you follow up the next day uh, on LinkedIn, send them a message. Hey, it was great to meet you. I remember we talked about this. It'd be great to, to catch up over coffee or you know, we talked about how I could help you, et cetera, et cetera. And always think on how you can help them. Again, that's really the most important thing. I know I've said this a few times, but again, that will make a huge difference in how you create opportunities around you. It's thinking about how you can help. I mean, uh, I, agree with, I agree with all three, but the first one is actually, if, if you didn't say it, I was gonna say it like, but obviously the, 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 the networking pro will say it first. Um, and I think it resonates a lot with the wholesale's career and, and even more broadly with every career, like 
I go into conversations where people tell me, you know, I have 20 years of sales experience, da da da, and just they don't shut up for 10 minutes, you know. They just go on talking, talking. And they didn't even ask me a single question, like, what am I interested in? They, they lost their opportunity f- to grab my attention because they didn't ask that first question that would have changed the whole conversation. And I yeah. think if you're early in your sales career, one of the biggest things you learn is shut up and listen. And it's all about them, not you. So ask that question, like, what do you do? And then tweak your answer accordingly. Thank you exactly. very much. For that, Mike. Yeah. Again, so it's sales one. Um, and then the other thing is I, I meet lots of uh, salespeople, business development people. So BDRs, SDRs, you know, people in business development, they're used to doing their, their day-to-day job is to send as many emails as possible, make as many cold calls as possible. And they're measured on number of emails and number of calls, right? That's the typical life of a BDR, SDR. And, and I think that's kind of the old model of doing things where it's all about a numbers game where you send a million emails, a million phone calls. And then even if you get a very low response rate, you're hoping that low response rate will be sufficient to hit your quotas, right? To hit your targets. Yeah. I think that's really the old way of thinking. Everyone hates spam. No one likes to be spammed. Everyone, uh, you know, goes to you or wants to block you or you don't want to be perceived as a spammer. And so I think the, the next generation of lead generation is all about one-to-one warm introductions and warm referrals and really one-to-one human connection instead of spreading, you know, millions of emails out there. And so I think that's a revolution. And I think we need to really incentivize SDRs and BDRs to spend more time going to in-person networking events, talking to people one-to-one in person, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, spamming people over the phone or emails all day. I think that that's really, I think a revolution we need to create. We need to spearhead this revolution, you and me, no, encouraging SDRs and BDRs to change their mindsets from cold calling and spamming to in-person, warm conversation, warm introductions, etc. And that's what I'm trying to do with my startup, with IntroStars, is to help millions of SDRs and BDRs become really uh, changing their mindset to only focus on one-to-one warm introduction. Either as an intro seeker to receive those warm introductions on my platform, IntroStars, or to make introductions for other people and actually build their reputation and credibility that way and also earn money on the way. They get referral fees as well when they introduce other people to each other. So I think that that's really what I'm trying to do. I think it's a revolution in, uh, yeah. in business development and I'm very excited to, uh, to bring it to the world. And uh, yeah. really, I think that's, that's going to be even more important uh, it, in the it, next It's all month. happening naturally anyway. I mean, all these, like, I think everyone's aware that mass spray and prey is dead. Like, everyone's talking about it all over LinkedIn and every conversation starts with that. So my question to you, before we dive a little bit more into IntraStars, is this. What kind of things are you hearing people complaining about the current status? Maybe like a short summary of that. And then what do you feel like is not being talked about? What do you feel like is being overlooked or or like what, what fresh point of view are you bringing to this conversation? Because everybody is aware that, you know, spamming is bad and et cetera. And I see a million emails. I actually posted about this recently and I was almost getting like hate mails from people saying like email is not dead and all that. And I'm like, fine, guys. OK, I'm just trying to help you here. But what is the fresh perspective that Mike Adams is bringing to the table? 
So you go to any event or any conversation right now, the only topic everyone's talking about is AI. You know, AI this, AI that, everything's AI, right? Artificial intelligence is gonna change everything. But yeah. the reality is when you look at outreach or outbound emails or calls, AI is just gonna accelerate spam, right? It's gonna make even more spam because with AI, you can do infinite spam, which is you know, so-called personalized because yes. it's using AI to adjust your message to the other person. But the thing is, with AI, you're gonna send even more cold uh, messages and cold calls, which are gonna be personalized. But the thing is that the recipients of those emails and calls, they get smarter as well with AI-powered spam filters, right? Yes. And so as it becomes a cat and mouse game of AI sending more spam and more cold messages, and then the recipients using more and more AI-powered uh, bots and blockers and spam filters to block all this massive uh, amount of inbound messages. So really, this cat and mouse game is just an escalation of AI versus AI, right? And that's really the world we're going to, and it's happening right now. I see so many startups building lead generation tools using AI to spam even more than before. So, so even though people know they shouldn't be spamming, they're doing it even more. And all this AI conversation is driving it in that direction. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to go the exact opposite direction where IntroStars has zero AI, and that's a key selling point. So we do not use AI because it is all about human creation, about human introductions, human connections, one-to-one, human-to-human with no AI at all. And I think that is the revolution to focus even more on true human connection. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's, that's a really should be headed. It's a strong statement. And I think the times of AI and et cetera, like scale and to the moon and endless money being invested into like any kind of startup. And then, you know, let's use the predictable revenue model to, to grow and scale everything. And, you know, it, it almost turned human beings into like machines or robots. Um, of course, like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of like great things that we learned from it and we took it on board and we implement the playbooks that, you know, make sense. But as you say, like with the rise of AI and in this time of mass personalization, where nothing feels personal at all, actually, to that extent, I think what you're saying is very strong. Like, can we go to the basics? Can we just realize that we're humans and human to human connections? Because actually, if you do it right, this will help you close the bigger deals. This will help you to build relations because at the end of the day, sales is a relationship building game, I think. Uh, as much as a science, it's also an art. Um, so can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about like the first kind of reactions that you're getting when you introduce these ideas to the market? Like how open versus um, skeptical are people to this direction that sales are taking? So I, I think everyone would agree that warm referrals are the best type of leads you can get. So that, I think that's not controversial at all. It's nearly obvious. Speak to yeah. any person in the world, they will tell you warm introductions are the best. So that, that's not controversial at all. However, the question is how do you get them? That is the, that is the key discussion point. How do you get a steady stream of warm referrals, one-to-one -one human introductions? That is the question. It's not so much that it's, it's not about uh, debating whether it's good or bad. It's about debating how do you get them, right? And this is where we need to build a new generation of tools or solutions around that. And this is where IntroStars, my startup, is really revolutionizing that. It is really the first and only global marketplace for warm business introductions. So this is where I'm trying to bring a, a new take on that. So I'm using an existing 
well-established business model, which is warm referrals. Now everyone agrees that's the way to go. Again, mm -hmm. nothing controversial there. It's about how do you make it scalable? How do you actually build your entire lead generation strategy around that? And this is where I think my startup can really help salespeople around the world. Okay. And when, you, when you're doing that, obviously it comes from, are you, do you feel like you're solving your own problem in a way? Or are you trying to, you know, kind of evangelize these ideas that you already know and trying to share it with the world? Like, how do you feel as a founder when you're building your startup? Because I think it, I mean, it's a personal question for me because I, I come from a place of like, I hated certain things. So I wanted to change them. There was no product. And I started building it. Like, what's your founder story in that sense? Absolutely. So I used to work in sales uh, where I would sell projects. Uh, I was selling AV technology for meeting rooms. So typically I would work in commercial real estate, office relocations, where I would install all the AV technology in meeting rooms. So back then my average project size was 20,000 pounds. Mm. And we had some price for a hundred thousand or more, but on average about 20,000. So in that kind of project deal size, even one single introduction, warm referral, you know, can be worth 20,000 pounds. That's, that's very valuable. So back then I really realized I'll be more than happy to pay three, 4,000 pounds as an introduction fee. If someone brought me a new project and vice versa, I was walking with working with lots of other commercial real estate uh, companies doing uh, office design, office fit outs, office design, office architects, office relocation companies. And they were totally used to paying referral fees when they got a new referral, right? Introduction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That business model, I kind of uh, fell into it because I realized there's so much value every time you introduce a client. So I was trying to solve my own problem. Is that B I was a BDR myself, right? I was, I was working sales in, uh, in lead generation myself. So to solve my own problem, I really focused all my efforts on networking and introductions. And so yeah. by doing that, I realized this is where the potential is. This is where the money is. And I, I met so many salespeople who are struggling to get those warm leads. We're still mm -hmm. in that old mentality of doing cold calls and cold emails all day, where, when the, uh, the solution was obvious, they need to go out there and network, get introductions, et cetera. And so to answer your question, yeah, I built IntroStars to solve my own problem, to go get those warm introductions. But hopefully I want to help millions of other people out there uh, to really pivot in that mindset of focusing their lead generation efforts on the warm referrals. Mm -hmm. building a referral program in a few clicks to make sure they can uh, spread their name out there for people to send them referrals. Hopefully solve every other salesperson's problem as well. <laughs> I, I'm glad you make that big claim. I mean, as a founder, I think you have to put your signature under that. I think w w one thing that I, that always strikes me, I don't come from necessarily like tech sales background, it's more consultative selling, etc. And one thing I realized, especially in the last three years of, of LinkedIn and that kind of there's a bit of an echo chamber around a lot of the sales conversation is led by tech sales and um, tech sales leaders, especially software as a service, etc. And I feel like a lot of the traditional industries where sales is a big part of their, you know, go to market strategy, but not necessarily like the most techie. They're not on LinkedIn all day, every day, like some of us might be. So for those industries, these might, I feel like it might resonate. You know, if you think about, for example, the world of real estate where you have maybe like 1,000, 2,000 top accounts that you're trying to sell to, uh, where people are very used to going to events, networking, they almost know each other. I mean, there's like a really close community where these warm referrals work really well. So maybe bringing a bit of that to the world of tech sales 
Um, so doing kind of the opposite um, and bringing something from the traditional sales world to the tech sales world can do the tech world a bit of good, in my opinion, because I feel like the predictable revenue model and like, again, like to the moon and, and scale at uh, expense of, you know, everything else uh, and almost turn people into robots, etc., has kind of done a bit of damage in the industry. That was a long-tailed way of me saying, like, what do you think the tech world can learn from the non-tech world when it comes to selling? Absolutely. You know, tech people always want to use a tech solution for everything. And yeah. so using AI, like I just talked about before, is the normal tech answer to everything. Let, let's throw some AI in there, right? And so because it's, it's tech, right? But really, they have to realize that going back to non-tech industries, it's all about human connection and human mm -hmm. interaction and human like conversations. So it's really going back to that more simple things, which is face-to-face, in-person, talking to your customers, talking to introducers, uh, and focusing on those warm introductions. So really the opportunity, I think, for every tech company out there is to build a referral program. I I've seen a few tech companies already have a referral program, right? Uh, but the ones who don't have a referral program should have a referral program where they, they reward introducers who send them a new customer. Because again, that's focusing their lead generation efforts on those warm one-to-one -one referrals. But the problem is, if 100 tech companies have 100 referral programs, yeah. as an introducer, I would have to go to 100 websites and sign up to every single referral program one by one. So, so that is why IntroStars is really changing the game. Because yeah. all these tech companies who all have their own individual referral programs cannot advertise all these referral programs on IntroStars, or if they don't have a referral program, they can create a referral program in three clicks on IntroStars. So instead of spending you know, days or hours or, or weeks building a referral program, they're doing it literally in a few clicks on IntroStars. So, so that is really revolutionizing that. So, so again, to, to, to summarize everything I just said, I think every tech company out there should focus their lead generation efforts on human one-to-one -one referrals, build a referral program and advertise it on IntroStars or use IntroStars to build a referral program very easily. Do you feel like your space is going to be more and more competitive in the coming days, weeks, years? For sure. I mean, to be honest, I think everyone knows that referrals is where it's at. Everyone understands that, yes, we should do referrals. However, mm -hmm. very few people have figured out how to make it work in a scalable way. Mm -hmm. That is not obvious, right? Yeah. And so there are already a few apps out there which allow you to build your own referral program, right? Mm -hmm. But none of them bring it all together like IntroStars does. So if you look at referral programs in general, if you just Google referral programs, you're going to find lots and lots of companies out there doing referral programs, right? So that's not new. But, but really, it's about finding the secret sauce to bring it all together into a single coherent experience to build a referral program in a few clicks and promote it to millions of LinkedIn users. So Excellent. this is where you know, IntroStars is really uh, new and unique and fresh in the market. Uh, and I'm sure you know, other companies will follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As we come to the end of the conversation, I have now this final section where I'm going to be asking you three questions as three persona. Okay. And I will ask you to really cap your answers to 30 seconds to one minute because we want to have it a bit fast paced and whatever comes to your mind first. So this will be as a salesperson, as a networker, and then as a, a Belgian Canadian. Okay. <laughs> American. Belgian American. Belgian American. Sorry. So first one is going to be, as a salesperson, what do you think in 2024, what are the top tactics that you would like to give to anybody um, 
starting their career in sales or maybe like trying to grow in their career in, in sales? Like what are the things that they should do, one or two things, um, maybe different to how they have been doing it before? So number one, go to more networking events. Go to as many networking events as you possibly can. That will completely change your mindset on how sales is done. Number two, try to make introductions for other people to help them because in return, they might make introductions for you. So try to help others before trying to help yourself. That's number two. And number three, check out introstars.com and uh, maybe make some <laughs> extra plug. money on the side doing that. Excellent. And we'll be sharing the links to that um, in, in the podcast too. Um, the second question is going to be as a networker, as a pro networker, um, you already alluded, uh, you already mentioned some of these things uh, in the conversation, but as a summary, like what do you want people to do pre, during and post an event to make the best, uh, make the most out of it? So before you go to an event, uh, try to see if you can see the guest list in advance of who's going to be there. So you can already prepare that. Prepare your answer about what do you do? Because people are going to ask you this question 50 times. So make sure you're well prepared. Uh, when you go to the event, make sure you've got the right mindset. You're there to have fun and to help others. You're not there to sell anything. And then number three, uh, after the event, make sure you follow up to every person you've met. Send them a small message saying it was great to meet you. How can I help you? And let's go for coffee. And I think with that strategy, you'll be very successful and have lots of fun. I completely agree. And as a, actually, I thought of a fourth question, if I might squeeze in later, <laughs> uh, the third question is going to be as a European American, let's say half and half, um, what, what are the biggest differences that you see between the work cultures of those two um, geographies? Well, typically I think in America, people are very, uh, are very communicative. They love to talk. They love to meet new people. They love to try new things. They love to go out there. So in America, I think the whole world of networking is amazing. You go to any big U.S. city, they've got hundreds of networking events. Uh, it's very easy to meet new people. People are very open to the referral model where you refer someone else to someone else, get paid a referral fee. All of that is very well accepted in America. In Europe, it's a bit more difficult. People are not so open to go to so many networking events. People are not so open to the referral model where you get paid a referral fee. They think, oh, then I'm not going to be objective when I introduce someone. And there's a bit more hesitation around that. I, th I think London is a bit of an exception. London is more like the US. London is super open-minded. People love to try new things in London. So London is really kind of a mini uh, American, you know, uh, yeah. I'd say culture. But yeah. the rest of Europe is still a bit behind in that yeah. sense, in terms of networking events and a referral model. So, you know, yeah. we still need lots of education around that as a, as a next generation, lead generation strategy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I knew all my life that I would end up in London and I, I never visited London before coming to London in 2014 and starting to live here. But for me, I always knew that London was going to be the New York of Europe or the America, that little, that there's like, it's, it's like the best of both worlds to me. The fourth question I have for you is this one. You've done an amazingly successful launch party to launch your own um, business. And I think it, it, it looked amazing. It was very exciting. I'm sure everybody wanted to be part of it. Do you have any like tips and suggestions for anyone planning to do something similar? Should they do it? How should they plan? How do they make it a success? Yeah, so to launch my launch party, it was in London. Uh... I, first of all, wanted to pick a really special venue. So I spent a lot of time visiting different venues to pick a venue, which is really exceptional. So that would already kind of strike people's attention when they got there. Uh, so that's really important. Pick a really cool venue. Make sure you spend a bit of time there. And then make sure that you uh, invite as many people as possible because 
like any uh, event, you typically have 50% of no-shows. So make sure if you only have 100 people there, uh, make sure there's at least 200 people on the guest list. That's really important as well. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, try to try to make it not just about you saying, oh, I'm doing a party for my company. Try yeah. to bring out your guests. So I launched my launch party. I, I sold it or I promoted it really as a networking event. So, yeah. so the goal was not just to promote myself. It was to help others at the party. And you know what? I received so much feedback from people who went to my party, told me they actually closed business deals thanks to my party. They actually went there as a networking event, met other people at my event, and they actually closed business together, introduced people to each other. So that's for me, that's the biggest sign of success, that the party was not just about me and promoting myself. It was about people at the party use that as a networking event to actually, you know, bring new opportunities. Uh, so really try to promote it that way. I think that will really help. And then as an, another lesson, uh, try to find sponsors to pay for it because I paid it all myself. <laughs> it was expensive. So I don't recommend that. I did it myself. Maybe next time I will find a sponsor to pay for it. <laughs> Maybe we, we do it together the next time. Excellent. So now, yes. Mike, thank you very much. Our time is over and I need to cut it on the clock, just like any good therapist. But if people <laughs> want to find you where's the best place for them to reach out is it linkedin somewhere else where should they go so, absolutely find me on linkedin mike adams on linkedin uh, i should be the first search result i'm a mini linkedin influencer but then most importantly go to my website it's introstars.com check it out i'd love to get your feedback it's free to sign up so you know nothing to lose go on there and start to earn loads of money as an introducer. Excellent, guys. If you're looking for guys and girls and everybody if you're looking for a new way to juice up your sales development in the new years uh, definitely check out IntroStars and go hit um, the follow button for Mike Adams. So that's a wrap on this episode of Sales Therapy. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to us on YouTube or and your favorite podcast platforms. I'm your host, Alper Yurder, and thank you for listening to Sales Therapy. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much, Alper.